The following is a Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to the Power Cap Podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's the Power Cap Podcast. And now, let's go to the Spirit Street Studios. Here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. It's another edition of the Power Cat Podcast. The last from the new studio before we go to the newer studio. It is so close. And I'm going to just make the announcement. Because we put the sign up in the front window, and I know one of you people are going to walk by our office rambling and go, Oh, home of the WTC gig-powered studios. We have come to a business agreement slash relationship with what is used to be known as Amigo Telephone Company, but is now known as WTC because they've roared into the Manhattan market, and they're all through the region. A lot of smaller towns are getting hooked up to fiber. You can get TV services through them. We have them here in the offices. We have their cable services, but more importantly, we have fiber, gig, Fiber. We're uploading and downloading at just under a gig of speed. Just under 1,000 megabytes of speed. Think about it. It's awesome. It's incredible. We are completely wired here, and they are hooking people up in downtown. They're on their way to Aggieville and West Loop, selective apartments and residential areas, but mostly they're aiming at the business community here in Manhattan, and we are really excited about this relationship. It's a natural. We get to show off their products, talk about their products, and uh, and we get incredible service. Incredible service. I don't hate it. I'm going to put it that way. I don't hate it. Uh, last week when I put up the podcast, it goes up really fast, and then you still got to wait on SoundCloud to Let's put to it this it way. Filtered through or whatever. They run it through everything. Make sure you're not using copyrighted music and stuff. When, when Zach and I stumbled into Scotty Hazleton arriving in Manhattan, how long did it take that video to produce? Uh, not long to produce, but when you hit export and, and then you upload it, you know, it's probably taken... That was a 40-second video, so it probably took four or five minutes on the old stuff. How long would it take on this one? Like three seconds. <laughs> it's insane, guys. Yeah, it's it's really incredible for Zach. And as we move closer and closer to doing the Power Chat, our new video show that we will be talking about a lot, uh, those are going to be 20 to 30-minute episodes if I can carry on a conversation that long without becoming brain numb. Uh, Sit-down conversations with K-State people, not just all athletics-related. We hope to have other people on the show. If they got a tie to K-State or or something to say about K-State, then we're going to have them on the show, but it's going to be great. There'll be high-def programming that we'll be able to upload to the Internet within, I don't don't even know. Seconds. It's going to be fun to do. The WTC gig-powered studios now at gopowercat.com. We are sitting in the video studio, which currently has our podcasting island, and we are just days, at least uh, maybe a week at most, from completing our new podcasting studio, which is unbelievable. It's going to be really cool. It's They're both really cool, but this will decongest the neighborhood. Second big announcement, and I meant to do this on the site. I'll just do it now. Uh, when we eventually put up the video of the uh, entire studio spaces and our offices, which we will do once we get everything done and cleaned, that's that's also a problem. I'll help take over that. Construction is 
dirty, if you don't know. Uh, our, our new video studio has incredible canvas prints on the walls, and one of them is a remarkable 30 by 20, 30 wide by 20 deep canvas stretched um, print of the first game in the Hearn Fieldhouse. Now you know the photo. It's the haze over the court as the teams are on the court. Uh, but this version of it that this company we've used for the canvas prints that are scattered now throughout our studios is absolutely incredible. It almost looks 3D. It's really incredible. Winner of our bracket contest will have that shipped to their house uh, directly from India. That's where the is that where it's from? It's from India. Not Indiana. That's that's a state. India is a country in a... <laughs> Big, if true. <laughs> another place. Asia? Yeah. Okay. Don't worry, Fitz. I didn't. You know, I probably wouldn't have thought of it either. Yeah. And and this company has uh, no relation to John Curry, which is also... Curry's also Asian. <laughs> so not, don't... I had no idea where you were going don't with that. Don't get confused with that. Uh, and we also will have a, a collection of other K-State-related prizes. Uh, it's not a new car, but it's going to be pretty cool. You will love this print you're going to get. Uh, we're blown away by the quality of these things. They're amazing, them. and I can't wait to show it to everyone. The studio is fantastic. It's We've got multiple points, as we've mentioned. We've got three different areas in here that we can uh, do stand-ups in front of. Yeah, we're having a little issues with this over here. Just don't point out the flaws of the studio. It was a podcast. You didn't have to say anything. I just pointed. Uh, we're going to get it fixed. It's easy to fix. It's an easy fix, but it involves me huffing spray stuff. So I get stoned while I fix it. Spray, glue, whatever. Uh, but, uh, folks, you're going to love it. You're gonna love it. We're getting close. We're getting really, really close. It's turned into a lot of work, Zach. I like how many times you said you're going to love it like we're a men's warehouse. <laughs> you're going to love it when I measure your inseam. Oh, no. <laughs> this is the Powercat Podcast. And, of course, while we're hyping WTC in our new relationship, we got to shout out our friends at The Fridge who are our sponsors for this podcast. Uh, they are fantastic people. I need to get into the fridge and get some shopping taken care of and get a little gift for our construction foreman. A little gift. It'll be, he'll enjoy it, I think. Um, but get it down to the fridge at the corner of this and that. Does he listen to this? Yeah, he does. Oh. Well, construction. He's one of the three. <laughs> well, construction foreman, I'm going to take that gift. Yeah, we're going to. Before you get it. Nah, that's going to be hard to do. He, he'll have it spent before he gets it. So he knows what he's getting now. <laughs> that's the fridge at the corner. Claflin and Westport get in there. The spring showcase is on its way. We have no idea what that means. That's the first question. <laughs> hang on. Now. <laughs> just but on. I would just, just like to say, stop by the fridge and showcase your tailgating abilities before you see the actual showcase. This segment's brought to you by Tanners. Man, I know this is a lot of ads. Tanners is just fantastic. I, I, I think uh, me and the foreman and Mr. Marcus Watts are going to get in there for, uh, I don't know, at least the NCAA championship on Monday night when Tech plays Auburn. Fun. That would be a good game. I think people would watch that game. I, I want to see that game for one reason, for one specific reason. Neither one of those are considered anywhere close to being blue blood programs. I mean, if you wanted to stretch the meaning of blue blood programs, you could put Michigan State and Virginia in there. I don't know about Virginia. 
If, Virginia's a Clemson. Is Clemson a blue blood program? In football? In football. No. Not that's yet. A, that's Not a yet. perfect way to put it. But if you wanted to stretch meeting into a, 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 a perennial winning program that puts up great numbers. But Tech and Auburn, no. They're not anywhere near that club. And I think it would be really telling if they played a national championship so we could see the television ratings. Because I think they overplay this blue blood crap way too much. I think if it's a if it's two good teams that people find compelling, they will turn on the game. More than even maybe a Duke Michigan State type of game. I just I want to test this theory. Maybe they'll get crappy ratings and I'll be totally wrong. Here we go. It's the PowerCat Podcast sponsored by The Fridge. Live from the WT... Well, we're live. It's taped. It's a podcast. <laughs> live from the WTC Gig Powered Studios. From StatCat11, do you know what the spring showcase format will actually entail? Uh, nope. There will be uh, three curtains. And you have to guess the prices on the items behind the curtains. And hopefully behind door number three, it is everybody goes home. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I'm telling you what, I, I haven't seen it. Look up the long range forecast. Bring that up, which means nothing. Here is the 10 day guess from the weather people. <laughs> it's not even, we're not even 10 days out. I'm just getting Friday. Um, hang on. What's Friday say? Well, yeah. just let out? me open it. Let me open it up a different Where's app. Wednesday? It's, it's, and it crashed. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the weather for next Saturday. We have no idea what's actually going to be taking place on the field. If it'll be entertaining. If it'll be game-like or... 62 degrees, 40% chance of rain. I've Wolf. already... I've told them, if it's going to rain, just call the damn thing off and have a practice behind closed doors. Woof. I mean, come on. Uh, but I hope they do something that is... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't want a game, but I want something. I want some... I don't know. It's so weird... You want to practice? I don't. I don't, I don't know. I want. I want forty-yard dashes and throwing contests. I want the, all the stuff they do in practice when they're jacking around. You know, saying I can throw it farther. I can throw it more accurately. I can run faster. I can. A lot of combine things I think would be fun. The cone drills and. But I also think it'd be fun to to watch them do some of their drills as the coaches explain them the purpose of them. Just real quick. Don't get in the weeds too far. Here's the Oklahoma drill. They're going to rip each other's heads off. Like, <laughs> People would love it. Yeah. People would love it. Especially if we did it in the media. The Oklahoma drill between media people. <laughs> and I know who I want to take on, but if I lose, I'll just say, I'll just roll down and cry. I got cancer. I got cancer. It's, it's, it's a I'd foolproof take, excuse. I'd take lose? me in the Oklahoma cancer. drill. I'd take me. I'm short. I'm stocky. I don't want you. You get up under my pads and destroy me. That's what I'm saying. I don't want anything to do with you. K-State doesn't even know what the spring showcase is right now. They're still no, they working don't. on it. I have a feeling next Saturday they're going to go, what, what are we doing? What are we doing? Are we going to do the draw that? <laughs> draw something. All right, fans, turn your attention to the video board as Walter Neal tries to draw a palm tree. It looks just like a peanut. Uh, next question from I like pickles cat was Van Malone your favorite interview to do he seemed to be the guy that would say things rather than straight coach speak uh, look I, I've literally enjoyed every coach I've spoken to I've literally enjoyed every coach with whom I've spoken it's 
It's refreshing, and Van Malone's very entertaining. When he said, uh, when he told me that he wants to come back and coach tight ends because on the offensive side of the football, if you make a mistake, you get to punt. On the defensive side of the football, if you make a mistake, the band plays, and it ain't your band. I, I'm trying to keep a straight face, but Zach, you're over there trying not to laugh. You're holding the damn camera. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's unbelievable. I really enjoy talking football with Connor Riley. He's a head coach. Uh, yeah. He's a head coach that's going to happen. He might be gone in the next three years. It's, he's really impressive. Klanderman's very funny. Um, I would wear one face mask as like a defensive end. I'll just wear one. <laughs> one bar? One bar. Yeah, one bar on the face mask. Got coach Tui is, is – I don't even know how to describe it. Like, he's a fun time to talk to because I just feel like I'm talking to a dude. He's Uncle Tito from Rocket Power. He is. He really, he really is. I didn't get that reference, but I'll appreciate it later. You'll appreciate yeah. it. If you had uh, children our age, you'd appreciate it. I might, and I don't know it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, uh, I mean, it's it's been great. And it's, then there's this one fellow, Colin Klein. Yeah. Do you guys know he was still around? Uh, barely still around because he's lost half of his body weight. <laughs> oh, my weight. God. I was actually just looking at the, the spring media guide and his headshot. He hasn't lost that weight. But his body shot, he absolutely has. It's hilarious. He looks so different in the same page. So, Colin, during the off season, did you go to a Civil War prison camp <laughs> and have the, like, Civil War prison camp experience? Because he, he looks – he's skinny. It's not like he's lost weight and looks – I'm going to say it. I think he doesn't look good. He looks too skinny. I could post him up. He might be 6'6", but, man, I could dunk on him. Well, 8-foot goal. He looks dangerously skinny. With your knees, even 8-foot? I can touch 8 feet. So okay. All I have to do is jump. I may not be able to. I take it all back. From Lady Cat in Texas, which one of the new football coaches do you relate to the best or the one you're most excited about? Most excited about it, it's Connor Riley because I think he has the potential to do crazy things with this offensive line. Like, it's not so much saying that Charlie Dickey wasn't a good coach because we all coach. know that he was and, and still is, really, you know, at Oklahoma State. But that's just – it's tough for me to put into words how I feel about what he could do. But I really – just talking to him, I, I feel like he's got a lot up his sleeve that, that we don't know about yet, that we haven't had a chance to see yet. Um and I guess the coach that that I would relate the most to, like, I, I don't know. Klanderman's fun. Klanderman's great. I I think mine's Connor Riley. I mean, I'm Timothy George Fitzgerald. A guy named Connor Riley and I are probably going to have a lot in common. Plus, he, well, he has my name in his name, so. But it's a different name. <laughs> it's not like his name is uh, Connor Timothy. I mean, that wouldn't mean anything to me. That you, just because your parents gave you a last name or the name of a county, which was named after someone's last name, doesn't mean you two are brothers. It's fair. Are you okay. throwing shade on Riley as a first name? Yeah. I Sounds am. like it. I am. Unless it's a female. That's fine. Um, and plus, he, he ordered the cheesesteak at, at Tanner's. And Tanner's is the sponsor of this segment of the podcast. So, there we go. Scoop. He, but he denied my advice of the double cheese. Like he was going to go healthy by only getting one slice of cheese or one serving of cheese on a cheesesteak. 
from Add to Cart Cat. We had many injuries last year, uh, so many that spring practice is somewhat limited. His question, or her question is, can players be coached to play fast and avoid serious injuries? Nah, I, no, you got to hit. you got to yeah. have parts of the spring. you got to – this spring's probably a little different because they're doing so much teaching of the systems. But you you got to see who wants to get after it. you got to hit each other. you got to get after each other uh, and – then heal up over the summer. A lot of these injuries we're seeing this spring were injuries from the season that have lingered into healing process this spring. The one that surprised me is Denzel Goolsby's full speed. I don't, yeah. I don't understand how he came back. He had more rehab to do. He's full speed. I don't, I don't understand this at all. There's a miracle worker working in a doctor's office somewhere. Look, injuries are injuries. You, you can't avoid it, especially in a sport that's designed to hit other human beings. Think about it. You can't avoid an injury. It's not. No. Yeah, it's a sure. violent sport. You can avoid head injuries by not running 30 right. miles an hour and leading with your head, but there's no way to coach against injuries. Um, and you just they're, they're part of the game. Um, you, you cannot avoid them. It's a wear and tear thing. And nothing happened to Dalton Reisner last year, but suddenly he needed shoulder surgery right. just because he was getting worn down on. So yeah, I mean, he just yeah. I, Knees go. A lot of the worst knee injuries I've seen have just been normal plays, and all of a sudden the knee goes or an Achilles goes. Those are the most dramatic. Or I saw this one dude whose his leg came out of socket, hmm. and his hip was his leg was sticking straight out. I don't know whatever happened to that guy. I think they took him to vet med and shot him. I'm not sure, but anyhow, they put him in an ambulance, and his leg wouldn't fit. I think they might have sawed it off. I'm not sure. If you know who that is, give us a call. Um, but. No, you, you go play football. People get hurt in football. It's the way it is, and it's just uh, it's it's sad. From Yo Mama, are the current numbers of players still recovering from injuries and postseason surgery out of the norm? No, yeah. I, would, I would almost say it's unless there's some that we aren't being told Didn't about yet. TC I would say it's less. Their spring game for the same reason. Yeah, they don't have enough bodies. Well, do you remember last year's spring game was? An insane amount of people held out, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe the year before that. And I don't feel like we have that many that we're sitting here and looking at them saying, holy cow, he's out, he's out, he's out. You know, uh, Elijah Sullivan's going to be out. Um, and now I'm blanking on everybody on the roster right now. Oh, Isaiah Zuber's going to be out. I mean, there, there's some notable people, but I wouldn't say that there's a significant amount. I mean, I think you're going to see Skylar Thompson. I think you're going to see. Dalton Schoen. They're using a five foot four kicker at cornerback in practice, just as a warm body. They're out at cornerbacks. They just don't have enough to put two teams together. From I like Pickles Cat. It seems like the depth at wide receiver and lack uh, lack of depth at running back and tight end. We would pass the ball around quite a bit next year. Do you believe that will be the case, or will we see the offense that ran the ball sixty nine percent of the time at North Dakota State? Uh, nice. Yeah, I think they they might throw it a little bit more than they did at North Dakota State. But, no, they're going to do what they do, man. Unless they can't run the ball, they're yeah. going to they're gonna, they're gonna do their thing, and I, I think they'll be able to run the ball. I think the running backs will be fine. Is there going to be a dynamic big play guy? Well, you know what? There hasn't been for a while. I mean, Alex Barnes was good, but he wasn't a big play guy, was he? I mean, he was, he was, a, he was a workhorse. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think they're going to count on some freshmen to come in and give them some real depth. And these guys platoon running backs. They bring them in. They they have roles. They play three or four guys. 
it's kind of a hard offense to be the superstar running back in. If they get one, I imagine he'd play more, but that's not how they typically use him. Well, and I don't even think that they – I just don't think they have the the people at wide receiver to do the throw the ball 80 times a game or whatever. 80 yeah. is too much of a number there. but 100. <laughs> like, you're still going to the same people. Um, you don't really have a quarterback that's – that that's his style of play, you know. Um, the only way that they're going to throw the ball an insane amount is, is, like you said, is if running, you know, if James Gilbert doesn't pan out and, and Harry Trotter isn't what he's um, potentially going to be. I mean, you're going to have to have serious running issues if you want to be chucking the ball around the yard. Uh, yeah, like Coach Snyder always said, and that's exactly right, you can take away anything you want. It just depends on how many resources you want to commit to that and how it, how much it exposes you in other areas. Someone really wants to stop this running game. They can do it, but they might be using one less defensive back than eligible receiver to do it. So you, you kind of have to answer the call. You have to respond to what the defense is doing. From BK Big Fish 81, Coach Wyatt seemed to indicate that Wyatt Hubert has been cons- consistently better than Reggie Walker this spring. Concerning for mm-hmm. Walker or just more kudos for Hubert's ability? Kudos for Wyatt. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I'm not certain on this. So don't quote me. I'm not reporting this, that Wyatt Hubert was not abducted by aliens and they put a bigger Wyatt Hubert on this earth. Oh, my goodness. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Dude's a freak. <laughs> he's huge, people. He's huge. He's got fantastic hair. That too. I mean, his his, his transformation between coaching staffs. Like, oh, I can grow my hair out. I can wear a tight shirt into without a sport coat. I can wear my boots. Okay, here I go. If it wasn't for the boots, you'd be scared that he's going to transfer to Syracuse to play lacrosse. <laughs> he's a big dude, man. He's a big oh dude. He is. Uh, it's something else. Uh, I, I, he's honestly, a sophomore. That's insane. That's insane. I really do think he's just taken his physical body up to a, a whole new level, and, and I think that's helped his play on the field. I wonder if they've ever had a guy like him, you know, a guy like Buddy Wyatt or, or a guy like Coach Hazleton or Coach Tui. He's ever seen someone with the ability to do what Wyatt does because he's a speed rusher, but he's also a power rusher. No, like, he, I don't think he specializes in one. He said something really interesting, and I think the end of the jet package I mean, has arrived. We, they might use it a little bit, but Coach Hazleton really wants guys that can do it on all three, four downs. So going small on obvious passing situations and moving a guy like him into defensive tackle, those days are gone. He wants him to rush from the outside. And Wyatt said, you know, some, I found this really interesting. He said, I only had five and a half sacks, four and a half, five and a half sacks. And he goes, it wasn't very good. It's okay. It's not good. But I was always on the inside. I was always power rushing. And now they're asking me to speed rush off the edge, and I haven't done it much, and I'm still adapting to it. I think he'll be fine. He's one of those guys that uh, has – it's like a magnetic force when he sees a quarterback. He zeroes in on him, and it's tough for that quarterback to get away. You know, some guys – and Ridgey Walker is sometimes this way. I'm going to get the quarterback. Oh, no, I'm not. Yeah. You know, he's not one of those guys. I'm going to get the quarterback. Quarterback's on the ground. It's fun to watch. 
Last question of the first half from Purple Poncho Villa. Uh, Chabaston Taylor being compared to Malik Knowles, the staff seems to see these two in much different light uh, than the previous staff. Does this give you at all the impression uh, we were playing the butt kissers versus the best dudes last year? I'm going to put it this way. I don't know if butt kissers is the right word. I think at times the old staff chose to play certain individuals that did some small things better than other players, but when it came down to what actually matters, catching the ball, making moves on your routes, whatever, you know, everything that goes into being a good receiver, they bypassed it because, oh, maybe Sebastian Taylor missed on a block route on a Tuesday afternoon practice, or maybe one guy was five minutes late to his weight session, and so he didn't get to start this game. I'm not certain of all that. I just, as somebody that understands football enough to see talent and to see the this staff come in and make such dramatic changes and have different opinions on these guys, to believe that that they've just changed their game to a whole new level or they weren't there last year, I, I just don't believe it. I think certain guys were being not played for, for maybe some of the wrong reasons at times, and, and it showed with production at the position. Look, last year we were told they didn't have enough depth at receiver. This year we're told with the same guys we have incredible depth at receiver. It's un the, the tale of two coaching staffs. They love their receiver depth, and last year we heard we have none. I didn't feel comfortable with what they were saying last year, but then again, you know, I mean, you look at some guys that don't play, and then you see him playing, and you go, oh, that's why he's not playing. That wasn't true at receiver. Uh, every time we saw Sebastian Taylor, like, oh, he's kind of good. Yeah. I mean, there's just guys that can play. They can play. They love Joaquin Gill. They love him. And when we saw him, we're like, oh, dude can play. He's, I mean, he's not a Aaron, Aaron Lockett, Tyler Lockett, and he's, you know, but he's darn good. And we're seeing this happen all over the field. And I'm going to close up this half the podcast with, with this thought. Um, and this changes similar topic, but changes positions. We were told Justin Hughes couldn't get it, who, who didn't, didn't grasp what they wanted to do on defense. New staff comes in, and everyone's talking about his photographic memory, how he understands everything the defense is attempting to do. He's coaching on the field. He's making the calls as a middle linebacker. He's already grasping what the corners and the DNs and the D tackles and everyone else on the field is supposed to do. What the hell were they actually judging Justin Hughes on? Because when you talk to everyone, He's always been an intelligent player. So there was something else. There was some other disconnect there than the fact that he's a damn good football player. And they tried every option they had at middle linebacker before they reluctantly put Justin Hughes on the field last year. And he became the defensive MVP. Somewhere in Snyder 2.0, being good football players got set aside for being good citizens, good meeting attenders, the best shoe tires. I don't know what it was at times because when he talked to Justin Hughes and maybe he had some kind of reformation that we're not seeing, he's a really smart, he's bright, kind human being. I don't get it. I don't understand. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm glad to know now that we're going to see some pretty good football players that maybe haven't been given the right chance. And this happens with every coaching staff. It's a new life for guys that maybe had uh, bad things going on with the previous staff. They get a new beginning. Everyone starts at zero, and you got to make your mark. 
We'll see what happens. We're not going to know much from the Spring Showcase unless someone gets the price exactly right. If they guess the price, they get the showcase. They get both showcases. I think that's how the Spring Game's going to work. Within a couple hundred dollars, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. That's really cool. I'm not sure. Is Drew Carey going to be here? The Power Cat Podcast continues shortly. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus their back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Auto-correct your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. We now return to the Power Cat Podcast. We're back at the Power Cat Podcast from the WTC Gig Powered Studios, and we're brought to you by the Fridge. Get into the Fridge when you come for the Spring Game slash Showcase slash I don't know. There's got to be another slash. I I'm, I just want the interview opportunities, and then we'll call it good. What if that was the Spring Showcase? We had public press conferences. Justin stepped to the mic. Any fan can get the mic? Oh, and fan questions. That would actually be kind of good. I kind of like it. And then maybe like... Uh, they can ask all just, the hard questions because just there's an idea. no re- repercussions. We show up to the stadium and they have put obstacles all over the field, like fake rocks, whatever, and we actually have a paintball tournament. And Coach Hazelton's a sniper. No, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I am out. That dude knows it. Like, no. So in the process of doing your job, you ask a lot of questions. Um, there's a lot of nuance to do an interview. Sometimes you ask throwaway questions to get someone talking. Sometimes you need to get a little background information before you ask a question. Um, Scotty Hazelton, the defense coordinator and linebackers coach, and Justin Hughes already have a great connection as player and coach. They did the, you know, really funny, what, the, what do they call them? The unknown interview, what is that thing? A secret interview. Secret Surprise. Interview. Yeah. Surprise interview. Yeah, they don't know who's interviewing when it turned Justin Hughes interviewed his coach. And, you know, Scotty Hazelton's a big hunter. He loves to hunt. And uh, I, the question I was leading up to was uh, with Justin Hughes, was would you go hunting with Coach Hazelton? But to get a little background, my question to him was, have you ever gone hunting? Now, usually when you ask a question, you kind of know what's coming. But when he said yes, it didn't shock me. But then when he said, and I asked, what for? And he goes, wild boar. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, you're from the south. You probably have hunted wild boar. And my comment was, 
Well, that's real hunting because they fight back. They will come after your ass if they have an opportunity. Best uh, not, come at the king, best not miss. Yeah, they're, and then some of those get pretty darn big. Those feral pigs. Yeah. That'd be a good name for a band. The feral pigs? Oh, yeah. Bluegrass band? Yeah, that's good. That's going to be my bluegrass band name right there. This segment is brought to you by the Hilo. Get into the Hilo, have some pizza, have some burgers. I usually have both. I'm a fat guy. Last time we went in there, had a, had a burger and one slice of pizza. And when I say a slice of pizza, it's about the size of your face. If you had a really strange shaped face. You know who ordered two pieces of pizza last time? Yeah, the intern. Yeah. The, uh, the, I don't even know his name. The Shadow. His name. The Shadow. The Shadow. Yeah. So it was a bold move. Bold move. Bold move. And but not just two pieces, two mac and cheese pizzas. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and that's a lot of mac and cheese. Oh, it's it's too much. Damn, yeah. son. I mean I did two pieces a while back. One was pepperoni. Yeah. One was That was the first time I think we went. Parm. And I got mac and cheese and pepperoni and we we're like, oh no. Look, you can do, do two pieces. You just don't feel great. Not that it's bad pizza. It's a lot of pizza. And the segment's brought to you by Gluttony. Gluttony. (laughs) Visiting Hankyville every Friday and Saturday. Get down and get yourself some gluttony. Here we go. Here's your questions from Zach. First question of the second half from Purple My Nurple. I didn't laugh. Sorry. As a college basketball fan in general, would you rather your team make it to the NCAA tournament and lose the first round or be playing in the quarterfinals of the NIT? Yes, this is in, yes, this is in my reference. This is in reference to Wichita State. I had a shocker friend try to make this debate with me. They made it to the semifinals, let's be clear. They made it to New York. Uh I would rather my team make the tournament and lose in Dayton than be champions of the NIT. However, I think there's more to be gained by being champions of the NIT. But still, I don't want the program to ever think the NIT is acceptable. That's where I'm at, yeah. And it's, it, it is in bad years. And, in the, and that's what Wichita State was going through. They went through a, a rebuilding year, and they struggled, and they finished strong. That was what they needed in the context of their season. The context of Kansas State season, going to the NIT would have been a colossal failure. So much more than losing in the first round. So, it's silly. If you're happy with the NIT, have fun cheering for that team. That's not the team I would like to be part of. Look. I'm not saying if you're a Wichita State fan, you shouldn't cheer for your team in the NIT. Like, absolutely. No, if your team's in the NIT. Go, if your team's go, in the go. CBI. CBI or, or the, the Vegas, Vegas 8. God bless its soul. I thought it was the Vegas 16. Well, it's Vegas 16. It started 16, and then it actually in practice became the Vegas Ocho. So, <laughs> Vegas Ocho. Hey, go cheer for your team. But don't act like winning the NIT is, like, something to hang your hat on. Like, honestly... Yeah, you put a banner up, though. Honestly, I don't. I was getting there. I don't know if K State should really have NIT banners. It, but, no, but if you're TCU, like the year that they won it, they needed that. They had nothing. Yeah. They had nothing to show for their program, so it's all a step in the, in the journey. You know, that's like Kansas State celebrating the Copper Bowl. 
in the in the context of what that meant to the program, it was significant. It's a great memory. But now going to the Cheetos Bowl, the Doritos Bowl, the crap bowl. Cheese it. Cheese it. That bowl sucks. It's the same bowl, different name, 17th name, different city, but it's basically the same bowl. That is no achievement for where Kansas State football has placed itself now. So, you know, if you have that season, get through it, want to win the game, move on. Strive for better. From Wildcat Tad 2, why can't we recruit shooters? Is it development, practice habits, offensive strategy, or poor recruiting? I watch Purdue, Auburn, and many other teams shoot threes all day. Now, I just said this on uh, segment WIBW on Wednesday. Um, first of all, the greatest quote, coach quote ever from Bob Hansen, former Tom Asbury assistant, we do a good job of recruiting shooters. We don't do a good job of recruiting makers. Um, and that's true. I contend K-State has good shooters. I contend K-State has poor selection shot players. So shot selection players. They take bad shots. They take shots out of the context of their offense. Loop it around the outside. Now I'm going to shoot a jumper out of rhythm with my shoulders turned. Then i got to re-square up to the basket. It's, Auburn shoots three-pointers out of in a rhythm. They're during a break. The ball's coming outside, inside out. They're hustling up and down the court. When K-State plays that brand, when K-State gets up and down the court, when K-State whips the ball around on offense and gets, uh, you know, really clean looks at three-point range with the ball coming into them, into a shooter's pose, they're good shooters. They're not good shooters when they get lazy on offense and they settle for three-pointers. When they shoot three-pointers because they haven't been making them, so we got to keep doing this to prove we can make them. That's when they get in trouble. That's what happened to Cal Irvine. They didn't get inside that defense. They didn't do anything. They have to get a better brand of maker. There's no doubt about it. They got to get some pure shooters. They got to get a dude that can just shoot the ball. Maybe he's not quite good at something else, but he can freaking shoot the ball from 25 in. That that They need that, and if they have that, everyone else will get better looks because then the defense has to worry about that guy. Well, and let's also be real. Uh, a, a credit to Bruce Weber is how well he coaches defense. A knock on Bruce Weber is maybe he spends a little too much time on defense, you know? Uh, Doesn't have all the time. It seems to me that – I just don't think he – he understands zone defense well enough to solve zone defense. You watch the Baylor-Syracuse game, two teams that play zone, they know exactly how to beat a zone because they play a zone, and they know it's a crappy defense. This is how you defeat it. We see it every day in practice. It's easy to beat, and they just destroyed each other's defenses. It just seems to me that... You know, it's always, well, they got to get in the gym and shoot more. And, like, yeah, totally. You, you absolutely have to do that. But I also think you could work on your shooting a little bit in practice, too. Like, it doesn't need to be a 100% on your own type of thing. Look, shooting the ball in, you know, the gym, you know, static shooting is important. you got to work on your form. you got to work on those things. Uh, but you also have to understand where your shots come from and how they develop in the course of your offense and how to – how to create your shot. And the best players know how to create their shot, know how to feel space. Just get that extra half step away from the defender that can't quite get to you in time for you to release the ball. Great shooters understand that. And great offenses understand that I've got to deliver the ball to this player in his chest, not his waist, not his head, and certainly not his feet. K-State is gets really sloppy with passes at times. 
They, they do. They don't deliver the ball into a shooter's hands where they need it often enough. And that I just think fundamentals often are just ragged in college basketball now. From StatCat11, do you expect that Bruce will add one to two more players in the late signing period? Transfer yes. or otherwise? Seven, seven, seven new players, huh? Uh, yes, I do think he will. Um I just don't know what I honestly guys like I I want to give the most accurate information possible. I don't know what they're going to do. I just I really don't. I don't know if they're looking to add a high school piece. I don't know if they're looking at a a junior college piece. I don't know if they're looking at a grad transfer piece. I they're cast again, they're casting the net wide right now. They're kind of going after a little bit of everything. And and I don't know where the area focuses, you know. I think that they're they're pretty comfortable with what they have for next year, but I don't know if they're 100%. This is what we're going to roll with. And we're going to, you know, the kid like, you know, not, not to get too much into recruiting, but the kid, the Mays kid that, that decommitted from South Dakota state and, and K state had on a visit. Like I, I posted on the site the other day, a great kid. I would love to see K state get him, but then they're clearly going for a later down the road project, you know, not, not necessarily walk in next year and have a right. huge impact. So I don't know what route they're wanting to go. And, and until we kind of get a better feel for that, it's really tough to know who they're going to get, what position, everything like that. Here's my summary of K-State basketball recruiting at this point. I think they're going to get – they want a couple new guys. I think two maybe is a number. Um, so that means we have departures or, or someone in the early signing class doesn't make it. We'll see. Uh, I don't know. We'll find out later how that takes place. But you've walked in a restaurant 20 minutes before close, and you're looking at the menu, and you're sitting there going, "I want that prime rib looks pretty good. Oh, look at that chicken. Yeah, that. Oh, the pork chops, delicious. Uh, Sir, we just ran out of prime rib. Oh, okay. Uh, Oh, look at the salad. The the pork chops now gone too. This is what they're doing. They can't decide on what they want, and the, the, everything's going to be gone. Maybe they're just seems ill-defined right now. But when other kids are going to other programs and getting immediate offers, in case it hasn't offered, or they want to hear more from K-State, in case it hasn't talked to them, or K-State blew them off in the early signing period, but now they're back around and available, now they want them. What is going on? I remember last year they wanted Austin Trice. And Bruce did a marvelous job. That's how you recruit a kid. Dude, I'm all in on you. You're my guy. We need you. We want you. Come to Kansas State. And Austin came. Was he a great player? Maybe not. But but they got what they wanted. They got what they wanted. They need to make up their damn mind what they want and go get that. It's out there. There are players out there that can play and want to come to K-State I don't know, maybe we don't want the six eight. Do we want a grand transfer? Maybe we can get a, a younger guy. It's like, come on, man. And there's people out there that want to come to K State too. You know, that's it's changed. They want they want that offer. Mm-hmm. And and meanwhile, a school like NC State is out here getting kids to to come on visits. And all it would take is a simple, hey, come check out the campus. Hey, here's a scholarship offer. Then you're in a better position. These kids aren't wasting time. They're not 2020 prospects that have 
six, seven, eight no, months. They're, they're to, worried about their future. They want to get signed on the dotted line. That way, when they're done with this semester, they can get wherever the hell they need to be and get in the summer workouts. The nice, less attractive chick wants to go to prom right now. Do you take that offer? They, they're going to. Sorry, that, that was sexist. The, the nice, less attractive guy wants to go to prom. Do you go go with uh, Riley, or do you uh, wait out for an offer from Wyatt Hubert? Okay, fine. There yeah. You think he's he he's, doesn't have a date to the prom yet? Come on. Wyatt Hubert is the guy that asks the girl to prom on Friday before the Saturday prom because he knows whenever she, he asks, she's going to say yes. <laughs> like she already has the dress picked out. Yeah. Like she knows. Hey, you're going to prom with me. I'll pick you up tomorrow. <laughs> Okay. okay. Okay, Wyatt, remember to turn in your homework to me in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No, we just went there. That's why we should never record a podcast at night. Oh, no. Next question, please. Yeah, poor, poor Zach is the quality filter. And the look on Zach's face right now, it's like, oh, no. It's like, oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> Also from StatCat. <laughs> he's, so, he's so mad. I mean, it's funny. I just I have no words. We just like we went there and we're just like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, God. With Texas Tech in the Final Four, does it lessen our co-Big 12 championship or strengthen it because we were clearly their equal with Dean and can better argue with Dean we had a great chance at advancing as far as they did? I think you've lost a bit of an argument. Not totally lost it, but I think it's tough to really sit here and argue that that you were arguably the better team than Texas Tech this year and healthy you could have won the conference outright. Could you have? Sure. But it's tough to sit here and look at it and go like, oh, yeah, we're better than that Texas Tech team look, when you lose to UC around the first round. Yeah, I mean, Texas Tech has something that K-State didn't. Even with Dean Wade, they, they weren't going to the Final Four. No. <laughs> they just have something that K-State doesn't, and that's fine. K-State over the long hole. Hall proved to be an equal in conference play. And go, when you play 18 games, you play a full round robin, that's a great measurement of who's a really good team. And K-State was their equal. And on the court, head-to-head, they were clearly their equal. But you also have to have other attributes to you, and Tech has that little something. That, that little something, they got the guys that go make the plays. Uh, they got the best player. Yeah, they really do. Culver's just special. He really, I mean. He's a dude. He's just a dude. Yeah, that's exactly right. He's not, is he a pure shooter? No. But he go get you a bucket. He'll go get a stop. He'll go do things for you. He's got a lot of Roddy Magruder in him, you know. Just, he goes and gets things done. They, they've just got something. And also, they uh, they just seem completely bought into what they're doing. And they they took out a top seed. Yeah, you know, they, they got it done, man. It was impressive what they did and where they are. And I, and it's really good for the Big 12. It's unbelievably good for the Big 12 because this conference has never been just Kansas. It just appeared to be that way because they always won the title and they moved on. They were the best team, but they weren't the only team. And now Tech's proving it, that there was still a Final Four quality team in this conference, even in a down year for Kansas. And that K-State didn't tie for the Big 12 title simply because KU wasn't good enough. They were the equal of a Final Four team that wasn't named KU. Last question of the second half from Darren Sproul's superfan. 
He has never been on the Bruce bandwagon, and he's never bashed him on Twitter or the boards. Uh, but he would like a change. Do you think a bad year next year does no. it? No, 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 no. Not it, unless you're like 0 and 18, like Bryce yeah. Drew was again this year. Yeah, it, it would have to. And and Bruce is too good of a coach for that. He's not gonna. He's gonna massage a team into enough wins. Uh, you know, you, you you go back and look at that team when they were all freshmen and they really were completely rebuilding. They still won five games and they didn't know what they were doing. Um, didn't they beat Oklahoma that year? When they were number one, was that a year? No, no, no that was yep. the year. Sixteen. Yeah, that yep. was Foster's. That yep. was the bad year. Well, they beat Oklahoma, but that wasn't a number one Oklahoma mm-hmm. team. No, no, no. I, two thousand sixteen was number one Oklahoma at home. They didn't go. F- it was early in the Big Twelve, but yeah. So anyhow, Bruce is too good of a coach to have it all fall apart. That's just not going to happen. Uh, but I think next year we'll be down. It just can't be five wins down in the Big 12. They, No matter what they – I'm just – non-conference season is what it is. He's going to schedule around this a little bit and get them – he's going to need to – Okay, fine. Right. I was wrong. I was uh, wrong. He's going to schedule around it. He's going to give – and he needs to. Give them opportunities to build their confidence next year. Uh, but they can't go five wins, man. They can't. They, but, no, he's not going to get fired. No, he's, he's done too much at this point to have one bad season. But I'll tell you what, if, if this turns out to be another Marcus Foster group and it all flies apart, then you start to scratch your head. And I don't think that's going to happen. I, I just don't. I, I think that was just a, I don't know. It was I, the wrong recipe in the stew all at once. Yep, it was. Speaking of the wrong recipe in the stew, you're listening to the Powercat Podcast. Is that a good segue into the break? No. Oh, not good? Okay. Try again. Okay, you're listening to the Powercat Podcast, which is a delicious stew of uh, us. <clears throat> All right. Okay, well, that's better. We're brought to you by The Fridge. We're sitting here in the WTC Gig Powered Studios, and it is getting warm in the studio right now. I'm having a hot flash. What a jacket. One of those things is going on. We'll be back after this break. It's the overtime. And you know what that means? It's... It's the overtime. The gang will return with more of the Power Camp Podcast. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the Fridge is more than just a liquor store. The Fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus they're back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Autocorrect your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at FridgeLiquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. Back to Fitz on the Power Camp Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's the Power Camp Podcast. Uh, would you be interested in hearing a weekly bachelor 
Bachelorette recap from Riley Gates on a podcast. I'd be willing to give it. Man, he is so into this crap. We're just joking about things because uh, we're going to do more smaller podcasts. We're thinking about spinning off the overtime into a, a standalone, shorter Friday segment podcast that might have some bells and whistles back in it. A little more production time in there. Woo! Yeah, I like it. I, we might do that and then just leave this podcast first half, second half, and on we go. Thinking about it. So we're going to end the podcast in a tie. Right. Okay. Right. Well, no, it's not a tie. I'll declare myself the winner. Every podcast. Tie. But I like how we go into the last segment, always tied. But we won't anymore. I will be the winner at the end of the second half. Anyhow, maybe do a roundtable segment on, on Thursday, bring Fritchin in, because, boy, does he love doing this stuff. If there's one thing I know D. Scott Fritchin loves, it's talking into a microphone where thousands of people can listen to his voice over and over and over again. Hey, he really doesn't enjoy this. Maybe do uh, bring in some analysts on Monday to talk about the game. Tuesday, uh, do the Bachelor recap. Oh, my God. No, I'm in. No, we're not doing that. I could get Sean Lowe. If we can get Sean Lowe every week, maybe. Then it would tie in a little. I don't know. It'd it'd work. I would get a It'd be passable. I'd get a girlfriend so fast. Can you imagine? It probably wouldn't be a real one, but I'd be like, yo, do you want to meet Sean Lowe? Do you want to know what I do for a job? Every Tuesday morning, I talk about The Bachelor with Sean Lowe. Hi, I'd like to date you. you. I'm telling you. It'd be great. Yeah. I think we should test this theory. Oh, boy. But anyhow, we're going to do more smaller podcasts in the future. Because you probably want to hear from us on a daily basis. <clears throat> or not. I don't know. But we are going to do that. Here we go. It's the overtime. If you're not familiar with the overtime, it's the crap. <laughs> <laughs> this is why nobody listens to the overtime. They do listen that. to the overtime. They love the overtime. Don't they know what it is? The only people that don't love the overtime are the people like, you could just gracefully say it, like, hey, this is the part where we get a little bit less serious. It's just horrible. This is the crap. You know, way to promote your brand fits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, here we go. Uh, we are sponsored by no one because no one wants anything to do with this. <laughs> are, we spon- are we technically sponsored by WTC? Yeah, we, the, yeah, we are. Not this segment. The segment that doesn't have a sponsor anymore. Loki thought that they were. One of our segment sponsors went out of business. It's sad. It's still, it's still sad. I'm still not handling. It's like a death in my family when Wahoo went under. Just, I'm not handling it well, and you had to go bring it back up. We're brought to you by the fridge. They sell liquor. I need some now because I'm thinking of sad things. Here's the overtime, Zach Roll from Statcat Eleven, carrying the podcast on his back this week. Who are you talking? Who are you taking to win the national championship now that the final four is set? Oh, man. I'm still going with Duke. <laughs> I think Zion will get a second chance. <laughs> um, I really don't know. Not I, it's not going to be Auburn because they're not bound Auburn. to hit a bad night. Uh, Virginia's going to take him out. Yeah, That's suffocate. a really intriguing matchup of styles. I, I mean, I don't know. Auburn's just been red hot shooting the ball. Everyone looks at Auburn and goes, they shoot it so well. They, they got fourth in the SEC. They are the Iowa State of the SEC, but but the turns out the NCAA tournament is their Kansas City. Yeah. So they're ripping through it. Now they rip through the SEC tournament. Uh, I don't know. And that's the same token. I don't think – I don't want to say Virginia because I feel like they're just bound to have a bet. Like, yeah, their defense might be great, but it's like Kansas State, you know. You can have the best defense in the world, but 
if you don't have an offense, one of these times you're not gonna be able to keep up with the team on the other side of the on the other side of the ball, other side of the court, whatever. Um, I want to say Texas Tech so bad, and like I can't point to anything basketball wise that makes me think eh, Tech can't do this. To me, it is straight up my gut and my head telling me that unfortunately their magic might run short. So if I had to guess, I'd probably say Michigan State. I agree with everything you said. That was well done. I think Tech might be the most complete team, but I I don't think they're the best team. Yeah. And I, I'm with you. I'm going to go Michigan State. I feel like it doesn't matter who wins because everybody's going to remember this year as, oh, this was Zion's year, and you're never going to remember who the national championship the champion is. I think that's the case if a team like Michigan State or Virginia wins it. If Auburn or Texas Tech wins it, I think you will absolutely remember it because it is very out of the blue. Yeah, I agree. But but, but on that note, man, you can find me another player that's ever going to change the college basketball game like Zion Williamson did. He was incredible. Those numbers he put up and the numbers he put up after coming back from injury, holy crap. He's good. He reminds it's, me of me. It's like John Rothstein tweets, more of a must-watch than Seinfeld in its prime. From mm. Canelio, if – Tech pulls off the improbable and wins the natty. Do you see Chris Beard sticking around Lubbock? He's not going anywhere. Unless someone offers him just an outrageous <laughs> amount of money where his family's set for life. Well, the second part of the question was, I still see Shaka getting the boot after next year and Beard going home to Austin. Look, he's not going to go. He's, Chris Beard's a basketball coach. Okay? He's a true died in the wool basketball coach. He's Bobby Knight is his role figure. He doesn't he doesn't want to go to Texas and be second fiddle to football and be holding to the Longhorn network at all times. He wants to coach basketball. He loves Lubbock. He loves Texas Tech. It may not be his institution, but it's where his heart is for whatever reason. Good for him. I hope he stays there forever. It's good for college basketball to have the guys that say, you know what? Thanks for the offer. I'm home. I'm good. I can make less money here and be happier than hell. And I hope he does that and love it. I do too. I really do. I'd hate to see him leave the Big 12 because I love him. He's so great. Um, but also at the same time, it makes it really tough for K-State to, to yeah, win know, games. I, know. Um, I, I don't want to see him go somewhere else like a Arizona, like a, uh, I don't even know, another big school, whatever. Because to me, there's no appreciation for him if he goes there. Right. If he does well, of course he's doing well. He's at this big place. He's a good coach, and he has the resources. But at Texas Tech, you got to appreciate what he did. He's been here three years, and he took him to an Elite Eight and a Final Four. And it wasn't in anything, you know, some people want to try to knock uh, the K-State run last year because, you know, oh, you played UMBC. Well, whatever. The bracket fell the way it fell. Texas Tech has straight up beaten better yeah. seeds along the way both years and, and been in the Final Eight and the Final Four every every year of those two. So And Auburn's truck tradition. Yeah, I, I, I love Chris Beard, and I hope he's at Texas Tech for a long time. I do, too, and, and it's good for the Big 12, and I hope I hope a lot of these coaches stick around. Where are they going to go? Look, let's be honest here. You go to the SEC, you're still at a football school, no matter what you do or a football school. Unless you're Kentucky. Unless you're Kentucky. But they just got Calipari for life. I hate that. Right, he's going to stay for life. Right, but first off, UCLA. What do you? Who do you think you are? Hey, how would you like to make a take a pay cut and come to a lesser job? 
God. Piss off, UCLA. Piss that's, off. That's, that's my point, though. You're, nobody of substance is going to the Pac-12 right now. The conference is a train wreck. Their TV deal is a joke. They're not getting good players in that conference. You're better off at Nevada or Utah State than coaching in the Pac-12 right now, and that's the truth. It's pathetic what that conference has become. So is Chris Beard going to go to Arizona? Maybe that's the one program that can still be there, but... I, you've got an asterisk by you. Their league champion was a nine seed. A nine seed was their clearly their best team. Oregon got in 11 or 12. Arizona State was an 11. Those were their teams. It's crap. It's a crap conference. You're going to go to the ACC and honestly where the teams are better at the top, kick, get your teeth kicked in, have a great chance for failure. You, you know, I mean, Call Danny Manning's agent. See how that's worked out. <laughs> and the Big Ten. I don't. I don't want to coach basketball in the Big Ten. I mean, seriously, it's it's not a fun brand of basketball to me. It's not. I think coaches are realizing. Damn it, the Big Twelve is a good place to coach basketball. I hope Chris Beard stays. I hope. I can't think of any coach right now that I don't enjoy having in this conference. I mean, I Huggins. think. No, Maybe. I love Huggins. I love Shaka him. Smart. I mean, I want to like him, but God, he's just—he's a horrible coach. Yeah, he's a horrible coach, and plus, a Texas job is is just a mess. They there's too many distractions right now at Texas. You just can't—you can't do your job and put up with all the crap that you have at the University of Texas. From Adam K sixty three, should Texas Tech's basketball team adopt "Old Town Road" as their fight song? <laughs> if you yes. haven't heard it, go Google. Can we that. play it? Can I play it on my phone? Uh, we're uh, probably well, going to hit copyright. Yeah. Uh, Content ID. Yeah. That sucks. It's a country rap song. Who's it by? I don't Lil Nas yeah. X, I think. I don't, I know. don't know. But anyhow, Go they on. played it in the locker room after advancing the Final Four, and it's about it, – it, it fits the theme of Texas Tech. You just like seriously go listen to it. It's hilarious, and look up the one of Chris Beard dancing because it's awesome. I love Chris Beard. <laughs> but their their pet band, they should be playing it over the speakers. And if the pep band can do a version, I don't know. Look, if pep bands can play Mo Bamba in 2019, they can play Old Town Road. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Did you see uh, Chris Beard had another? So we watched the one of him talking about Soren. He had another that's, thing. That's a Disneyland reference. Right. Yeah. Um, he was in the press conference room with his players on the podium, and they didn't see him. So Mike got to him, and he said, uh, yeah, Chris Beard here with uh, Juco Junction. Uh, and he uh, asked all of his players questions up on the podium, and it's so funny. <laughs> he has had back-to-back days now in press conferences where his – like he's starting to become a little Mike Leachy. <laughs> that, that was awesome. That's good. I like it. From Infected Testicle – is there Ouch. any chance Jordy Nelson will coach in Manhattan? No, he's not, not going to coach. <laughs> he's not going to coach, folks. He's going to be a millionaire and go farm. All the dude wants to do is ride a tractor all day. He doesn't, he doesn't want to coach football. He, he's pretty much done playing football. I mean, look, if someone offers him, someone goes to training camp and says that we got a problem at receiver. We need, we need a leader. We need someone to come in here and help. Here, Jordy, here's, I don't know. $3 million. $5 million. He's, he might take it. I don't think he he's 100% retired. He really hasn't talked about it. He leaked out. He's confirmed it, but I don't think he's all in. I mean, I think the right thing came around. He would jump on it. But really, I, I know enough about Jordy to know this. He owns a ton of land now up north of Manhattan, and he just wants to do his thing. He wants to get back with his 
with dirt under his fingernails, not from catching the ball, but from having his hands in the dirt. And I, it's what it's who he is. If I'm being honest, the only coaching I could ever see him do is like, if if in ten years Riley County needed a head coach, like for real, I, I could th- see I can him see him that. going to high school football practice and. And being like a volunteer assistant, yeah, just to get out there and do it. Because he doesn't think that he's above it, you know. Yes, he had an amazing NFL career and he made millions and millions of dollars and he won a damn Super Bowl. But I, I think he would coach high school football again if he just felt like it. Yeah, I agree. From Wagcat hypothetical: If I purchased a Whataburger chain and put it in Manhattan, what's the over under on how many times each of you would eat there in the first year? Well. I got to do the math on here, here, it. Here. I actually have some data. <laughs> what? Oh, you do. Here, I went. I did go to Oki oh, Light. Oh, that's right. I went to Oki Light for one year. Okay. Give, give it to me. So I, I I was there for probably 32 weeks, 16 weeks each semester is probably fair. And I'm certain that I ate there at least once a week in each of those weeks minimum. So there's 32 times. But I definitely ate there more than once a week, a lot of weeks. So let's say I ate there... Four times, three times in two weeks, four times in two weeks, probably. I don't know. Somewhere between three and four times in two weeks. So, you know, I'd probably eat. How much, how much weight did you put on? Uh, about 17, 18 pounds. I did that without Whataburger. Uh, so. I know. I did that with pizza <laughs> and beer. I did 50 in a semester. Look, I'm thinking of it this way. I would for sure eat lunch there, lunch slash dinner, whatever, at least one time a week. Um, and I'm sure that I would get a, a honey butter chicken biscuit at least one time a week. For breakfast. How often do you, how, here's a good question. How often do you eat at Chick-fil-A? Once a week? Oh. I think it'd be comparable. It depends on the week, but yeah. I think it'd be comparable. It's like, I'd probably, I'd probably eat more Whataburger than I do Chick-fil-A right now. So, well, I know this. Once in a while, I'll swing through, you know, if I'm leaving here late at night, I'll swing through McDonald's because they're open or I'll grab something from Burger King or I'll grab Wendy's more often than anything. I probably wouldn't do any of those. Right, yeah. wouldn't do those for sure. But also, but that's only about like, once I literally, a week. I literally did not eat McDonald's my entire freshman year of college. Yeah, that's that's not three days in my week. That's like once a week, maybe twice. Yeah. I'll do that. And it's situation again. I had Chick Fil A three times a week in college. Too. We yeah. we talk about how much we love Whataburger, and we do, and we'll go there and eat it two, three times in a weekend. Yeah, but. Also, I think if it were here, we would know, A, there's other options. B, it's, it's not there. good for my arteries to eat it that often. No, but it, it's still there. It, it, right. I'm not leaving town tomorrow. It's still going to be there. I can go get it later in the week or next week. Look, I'll just say this. Every woman that you have ever seen in your life, fellas, and this would go for the ladies, too, that see a guy, every incredibly uber-attractive person you have seen in your life, someone broke up with them. That could be Whataburger. I might be around Whataburger full-time and get into a committed relationship and then say, no, you've got a lousy personality. <laughs> I, no, I'll never. I would estimate ever. between 104, because that's two times a week, Ooh, that's uh, nice. I, between 104 and probably 150 times in a year. That's what I would estimate. That you would do? Yeah. That's more. Oh, no. Up to three times a week? I think in two uh, times a week. 150 would be almost times, three times a week. I think a That's reason. what I'm saying. I think I would average between two to three times a week. Oh, I was going to say 75. I think 75 is a fair over under once a week. Plus, there's going to be some I weeks think, where you go twice. Yeah. 
That's think cool. there could be weekends where I go to the bars and I eat it two times after that, so I'm looking at a four to five week. No, that's a good pro- well, point. I don't drink very much anymore, yeah. so uh, that would cut down on my Whataburger. Like, yeah, for every for every one week that you don't do something, you got to factor in the times that you do it multiple times. It's like, yeah, I haven't had a drink this week, but I've also had weeks where I've had drinks a lot of nights of the week. Let's be honest here. If I would eat a lot less Whataburger if they would just come out with their Whataburger cologne and I could smell like it all the time. Oh, my God. True story. I've had Whataburger 100% sober 100% of the time. I'm not. So I'm, I. I actually, I am not a person that when they get intoxicated immediately wants food. I'm kind of oh, the opposite. I am. <laughs> I'm like, I know. Well, see. And if you float the idea out there, it's dead set. I don't care how late it is. I don't care where I got to go. I'm getting the food. Stay away from my wife because she's the same way. <laughs> same way. Get a slice of Jeff's. Slice of we're, we're, at, we're at one. Of the, we're at the Texas Bowl, Ron Prince here, and she's got me driving halfway across Houston to find a Whataburger, <laughs> and I'm like, "Come on, I just want to go to bed." Hey, you married the right person, though. Yeah. Well, I don't. What, Whataburger, I love you. So what? What is your over under then? I think seventy five is a good okay. number. I do. I think that's one I and a half. Think, times I think you'd absolutely be over seventy five. I don't. I. I think that's a. That's a fair number. 150 yeah, I, was too big. I love Chick-fil-A, and I probably am not doing it once a week. I don't think I'm doing Chick-fil-A 75 times a year. I don't do... You do a lot of fast food, though. Yeah. So I'm thinking if we had a Whataburger, especially right here in this little district, you'd absolutely go there a lot. Well, and location. Yeah, exactly. If, if it's the location's right, good, If it's right yeah, by us, but... or if like they tear up my neighbor's house and put in a Whataburger, I'm going to eat there every damn day. I'd try the salad. Because it's where your neighbor was? That's, that would be the best thing about having a Whataburger here. Is I could try everything, and I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I could try a salad, or I could try a grilled chicken sandwich and be like, eh, not great. I'll come back tomorrow and have the burger. Yep. Can we just put something a little off topic? Can we put a restaurant where Burger King was on the west side of town? Nah. Something. Uh, something. Anything. Actually, it, I might be moving over that way, so yes. could literally be <laughs> anything. I would take a church's fried chicken. Literally anything. All spangles. If we're adding fried chicken, we're going with uh, uh, Pop- uh chicken express. Yeah. No. No. Where'd we go in in Texas? Uh, Slim's chicken. Slim's. Yeah. Thank you. They're not up here though. That's not reasonable. Slim- what do you mean they're, they're in Kansas Slim- City. In Kansas City. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's one up the road. Jack from in the my box. House. Something. Else. No, screw Jack in the Box. That is literally something. Hardee's. Hardy's just tastes better. And in all, t- in all seriousness, Hardy's went from having the most successful franchise in the entire Hardy's chain when it was in Aggieville to not having one in Manhattan. It's bizarre to me. Damn. Is that serious? Uh-huh. That, the Aggieville Hardy's that was one the a- number one store. You'd walk in company one wide. o'clock on, and it would be 10 deep at the registers. That's insane. Absolutely insane. It was by far, yeah. The, the Burger King down there does is one of the top ones in them. Yeah, but it, yeah, I can't believe you're exactly. I think Hardee's should come back to town. I'm not even a big fan of Hardee's, but it's just shocking to me they're not. It's a college town for God's sakes. People eat crappy food. If you're selling crappy food, come to Manhattan. From Adam K63, he heard this question on the radio a few weeks ago. How many days should one use a towel before getting a new one? Uh, see, here's my thing about this. You use a towel when you get out of the shower and yeah. you're clean. Yep, 100%. But here's another question I have. What does soap do? It cleans you? Then explain how come 
there's dirty bars of soap. What? Yeah, you haven't you seen a dirty bar? I would of say soap? dirty bars of soap come from like if it doesn't get rinsed for a few days and dust collects on Shouldn't it. Shouldn't the soap clean itself? It's no its job. It's not. It doesn't work like that. Uh, if you're using see. bar soap, you need to get with the time. Yeah, come on. Yeah, it's no 2019. It's 2019. What are you doing? Yeah, At hotels. Yeah, <laughs> I still do some of that. But anyhow, uh, I think uh, three months. What? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Look, I've got five towels, five like shower towels in my bathroom because um, that's what I got for <laughs> high school graduation. Um, Same. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say that I, go, I try to – so I get a new one on Monday morning because I do my laundry on Sunday night. So I try to use it from Monday morning to like Wednesday night when I shower and then put a new one in and maybe a new one on the weekend. So I, go, I, go I try to go from two to three. Usually it ends up being two because I kind of forget. Here's the weird thing. If I'm in a hotel and I'm using crappy hotel towels, I want a new one every day. Oh, I don't even care if they're nice ones. I just use one every day because I'm paying godly amounts of money to sleep You know, there. just look. These towels aren't good. They're really just kind of scraping the water off of me. Yeah, but I have really good towels at home, and we air them out, and I I'll go a week with one towel. Yeah, damn son, they never smell bad. Damn son, I go new towel every time. I have a giant. I have a giant stack of towels though. I can go two weeks without washing towels. Zach doesn't pay for his laundry. No, it's true. It's true. Gotta think. Uh, uh, Gotta think. Yeah, once in a while the towel I'll reach for it and it walks away, and I'm like, it's time to change that towel. No, I never. I'm. I've got a real sense crusty. of notes. Yeah, I, but no, but they don't. I no. I'm a clean guy, man. From Meow Power, how fortunate is K State to have Wyatt Thompson? He's he's a. Well, I'm not even talking about him as an announcer because honestly, we don't hear him a ton because we're at the games. Um, but as an individual, man, they're it's he's gold. He's gold. He's got a heart of gold. He's. He's a quality guy, um, funny guy. Yeah, you know, it's just, they are very fortunate. I remember when he was hired, there was a lot of pushback, but he's he's a real deal. For me, it's because he he is smart, he's intelligent, he's good at what he does, but he's also not and and he's a homer to an extent. Without being he over wants K State to be do well, but yes, he he's not over the top. He can be critical of K State when necessary. He's carried on the tradition of K State announcers. Being K-State announcers, and this is something we try to do at Go Powercat. Um, yeah, we're K-State announcers. We're K-State covering K-State. K-State is our business. But we're not going to be homers. We're going to tell you what's going on. I hear announcers from other schools, and it just gets obnoxious. We, we us, we, our. I always assume they're French when they say we so much. Um, and it's like uh, they get you know violently mad at officials. It's like, you know what? Just go do your job. But maybe that's what that fan base needs, Kansas. That they need to have the homer telling them that everything's perfect for them and it's not their fault they're losing, Kansas. And I don't want to call anyone out, a fan base in particular, Rock Chalk, that would do that and need homer announcers, but they're out there. Not at K-State. Why, it's incredible. Last question of the podcast from Watercat. If you got sucked into an alternate reality, think Michael Jordan in Space Jam. No, I, with, didn't, I didn't think about this question. Which fictional lady would you want to have a date with? Jessica Rabbit, April O'Neil from the Ninja Turtles, uh, Princess Jasmine 
or Velma from Scooby-Doo? And he says write-ins are allowed. And one issue, why not Daphne from yeah, Scooby-Doo? You get the that... wrong girl from uh, Scooby-Doo. Come on, bro. Uh, not great. Uh, the Princess Jasmine is a... It's not a bad choice. That's a very sleeper... That's an Auburn out of the Midwest. <laughs> it's like, man, damn good team. I kind of thought they might do it, but I didn't really have enough faith in them. I just I read this question as, hmm, which cartoons do you think are hot? <laughs> I look at I look at Jessica Rabbit and I go, huh, Zion Williamson, it's Duke. Everybody, everybody's gonna pick her, and she's the overwhelming favorite. And what did I do in my bracket this year? I went with the overwhelming favorite. I picked Duke because I couldn't bring myself to put in, to put anything else over the Duke Blue Devils. Therefore, I can't bring myself to put anything over Jessica Rabbit. There you go. That's me. I have a, I have a wild card. Okay, go ahead. I'm gonna go with Gamora from Guardians of the Galaxy. It's not an animated movie. Yes, it is. It's a comic book. Is it? That's yeah, a comic book. Well, it's not an animated <laughs> movie. <laughs> but that's not a real character. A, that's not like you're picking. I'd say that's fair. It's a comic book. It's an alternate reality. I don't think it's an alternate reality. I think that... What? Guardians of the Galaxy is not a real movie. So is is Hermione Granger from Harry Potter care, uh, eligible for this? I hope you're not picking I, her. I would, I'm <laughs> just saying. I would say so. That's an but alternate she's reality. She's a good three seed. Look, Hermione Granger is like a, a person. Might be a, a witch, but she's like a human being. Is she Go, a witch or is she a wizard? I don't. I didn't read. The I books. don't know. But Gamora's <laughs> a space alien. They don't actually exist. She's green for God's sakes. Look, if it's a movie that I mean, real human the same, beings are in, they're out. This is why she's perfect not. for me. Most women, when they see me in the bedroom, turn green. She's starting that way. I won't feel bad about it. Look, it's a great question. Jessica Rabbit's the answer. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, my ass. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess take that. I take Daphne from Scooby Doo. Man, like I'm very disappointed. I hope that was just like a a slip of the mind, and he and he yeah. didn't put her on that. Like he put the wrong one. That's disappointing. That's, if so, man. If dog. I got that's to my meet, dog's name, man. If I got to meet Jesse from Toy Story, I'd throw off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> what? You'd punt her like Anchorman. <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> so whiny. It was the worst. The second movie was the worst movie. I would punt her off a bridge. (laughs) Well, hope the kids aren't listening. There's Toy Story 4 coming out. Yeah, I'm stoked. 4. Just do I think it looks like crap. Just do whatever here. I think it's a stupid story. Toy Story 90. I was have killed it after three. I was three years old when I saw that movie in theaters. If there's money to made, they will not kill it. Oh, I know. Toy Stories until people stop going to Toy Stories. Until Tom Hanks dies. And then they'll recast it. I know. I can't start wait for over. Fast and Furious 96. They're still making They They mostly stupid. make money overseas. Stupid. Like that yeah. stupid movie Venom. Remember that movie that came out last year? Yeah. yeah. It was enormous worldwide, and it did nothing in the United States. Venom 2 is in production. Hey, people like to watch Batman movies. And that's hey, like, people like to watch Superman movies. What if we made one with the both of them in it? Holy crap! That's a different universe, though. That's DC. I just saying, movies in general. Venom is like Marvel, but it's like Sony's Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, it's a different thing. 
was crazy. It, it looked awful. I don't awful. understand. It looked awful. Speaking of awful, this is the PowerCat Podcast. That's it for this week. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate our friends at WTC and, of course, our podcast sponsors, The Fridge. We will talk to you next week leading up to the Spring Showcase. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.